Thank you, guys. Good evening, everyone. It's a, it's a good, good day, July 12th. Uh, it is uh, uh, the day that my uh, parents, of course, are celebrating their anniversary, and, um, and I did not forget to call them. I can tell you that. Uh, that was uh, really one of the first calls that I made uh, this morning, actually the first call that I made uh, this morning on my way into the office, and I uh, wanted to give them a call, and of course, they were uh, happy to accept my call, and uh, we had a good good conversation. Of course, uh, uh, Dad answered the phone. We were having our back and forth, and I could hear Mom in the background and saying, "Hey, hey, thank you, son. Thank you for the. We're opening your card right now. You know, thank you so much." And and of course, uh, Dad and I are talking. I said, "You know, well, hey, did uh, uh, did Sherry call? Did Sherry call yet?" And he, oh, yes, yeah, she called. She, matter of fact, she sang to us. She sang to us this morning. I was like, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. And he goes, well, did you hear me? She sang to us. And, and I'm like, well, that's good, Dad, and that's wonderful. You know, wonderful, good to hear, man. Love you, hope you guys have a great day. Well, did, did Lori call? Did Lori already call? No, Lori hasn't called. She hasn't called yet, but, uh, but when she does, I'm sure that she'll sing to us uh, when she calls. And so, of course, uh, we ended, ended the conversation and uh, man, I got to tell you, my parents uh, are just wonderful. I've been blessed uh, as their son to kind of watch them uh, live together uh, as a, a married couple and, and honoring God. And I've, I've had a, a front row seat uh, to every aspect uh, of their marriage and to watch them grow together, to uh, develop as a couple and to be able to celebrate 49 uh, years is uh, a great accomplishment. I would say that for sure. And you know what? I, I believe they may be uh, watching online. At least they said they were going to do that. And uh, I think that uh, if you can, if you would, if you would mind helping me, uh, I'd like to honor my mom and dad right now just for uh, just a few seconds. And I think you know what we're going to do. We're going to sing. We're going to do our best to sing "Happy Anniversary." Uh, to them, so I need you to I need you to dig deep. I need to hear uh, your best uh, best version of Happy Anniversary. So I think we'll do it on the count of three: one, two, three. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary, mom and dad. Happy anniversary to you. Yeah, come on. Okay, it's just that moment. Really going to uh, uh, hopefully have a chance to connect with uh, everyone uh, tonight in the house and, and bringing a message uh, that I believe that God has um, given to me and just a great uh, reminder uh, of the way that I should ap approach life. And I believe that uh, uh, this message uh, is for everyone in the house, can speak to everyone uh, I, I know that, uh, man, when you talk about life, there are some things that just transpire that happen that change, that can change the world, can change someone's life. Uh, just, uh, I mean, corporately speaking, just the innovation of different ones, great uh, heroes uh, just right here in our own country that has had an impact on uh, the world. When you think of uh, Henry Ford and just his desire to to come up with a new method of transportation. How many of you are thankful for those sleepless nights that Henry Ford went through to develop the automobile, the Ford that we, we know of today, and to be able to know that we don't have to ride 
in a horse and carriage. We don't have to walk, but we can get in an automobile and, and praise the Lord if it cranks. Amen. I mean, man, the, the Henry Ford and then uh, communication and how we communicate. How many of you are grateful for Alexander Graham Bell in all of his efforts and the development of the telephone? I mean, just think about the way that we communicate today and then technology uh, with the great uh, Bill Gates. The Bill Gates, man, what a great accomplishment for, uh, for a college dropout, man. He just couldn't complete college. I mean, wow, man, Bill, come on. But really, I mean, man, what an impact that he's had. Man, a brilliant man, great intelligence. Uh, man, just individuals that have changed the way that we do life, the way that we live. Uh, I, I think of uh, another, uh, another feature, man, especially here in the South. I don't know. I, I'm a Southern boy. Matter of fact, I'm a Lakelander. The Polk County's home to me. I've never lived anywhere else but here. But I know that during the summer, being raised uh, uh, right here in Polk County and spending time with my grandparents, uh, during the hot summer months of July and August when we were out of school, uh, man, I think one of the things that just changed the way that we live is when you take an iced Coca-Cola and then pour peanuts down in the top, is there any other way to drink an iced Coca-Cola in the bottle? Does anyone else know what I'm talking about in the room? Just raise your hand real quick where you just kind of pour those. And then if, you, if you're fortunate enough, I, I remember drinking the RC Cola in, in, in one hand, and then the other hand you had what? You had, the, I had a moon pie. I mean, just, man, that was, that was living. I mean, that was the way that you did life right here in the, in the hot south. Uh, you, when I think about uh, sports, and, and I'm a sports guy. Many of you guys know that. Ladies, everyone in the house, you know that. Man, I can tell you that there, there is, there's, one, there's one play that has changed the face of football for nearly 40 years. How many of you remember, as, as guys or ladies sports fans, how many of you remember the, uh, the miracle at the Meadowlands? The game between the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles, November 1978. Man, uh, Ron Jaworski's the quarterback of the Eagles. Uh, 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 Joe, Joe, let me get his name right. Pacerik is the quarterback of the Giants going head-to-head. -head. They're in the fourth quarter, and, and the Eagles are driving, and, and Joe uh, or uh, Jaworski throws his third interception of the game, the Giants pick it off, and they hold on. They're up 17 to 12, and it's the end of the game, less than two minutes to play. And the quarterback comes up under center, and he just drops back and falls to the ground. The Eagles aren't having any of that, man. They blitz right up the middle. They land on the quarterback, and, of course, a scuffle uh, happens. They start pushing back and forth. The coach looks over. He calls the play. The quarterback turns around and hands off, hands the ball off to the great Larry Zonka. Larry Zonka, man, on second down, runs up the side, 11 yards. Man, we know the game's over. Third down, man, they've got their man card pulled out and say, we're not having any of this. We're not going to kneel down at all in this game. We're going to run it right down your throat again. This is just smash mouth football. They call the play again, another running play. The, the, the problem is that on this down, the third down, they snap the ball and the fumble occurs and Herm Edwards runs in from the Philadelphia Eagles 
as the credits are scrolling on the TV, the end of the game, and he scoops the ball up from about 30 or 40 yards out and runs it in, and the commentators are going, I cannot believe this. I am not believing what I'm watching. A touchdown in the closing seconds of the game. The miracle in the meadow lands, happens, takes place. Man, we, we see that often in football. Man, the last, that last second hope, that last second drive. But that's the one play that almost immediately the following week, whenever a winning team had the leading score, that from that point forward, you can almost watch it now from the professional league down to the college to the high school, local peewee, that if you have the winning score, what do the teams do? They come up under center. And they kneel it out, right? They just simply take the snap and take the knee, and that's the end of the game. That one play, that one mistake that they've lived with forever changed the way football is played, and it's changed it for 40-plus years. There are some things that just happen that transpire. I believe that we can look in our scripture tonight and turn with me to the Old Testament, to Daniel. And I'd like to take just a few moments to look at someone that's in the Bible that has had that impact in the way that we do life, in the way that we approach our faith, in the way that we honor God, the way that we obey him, we can see that modeled in Daniel's life. I believe that we can take this passage, chapter 6, and as we make our way through chapter 6, we see that there is a God-honoring man, a man that is following after God and will not stand down. That's Daniel. Father, thank you for tonight. I thank you for just an opportunity to come before you. I pray now, Lord, as we uh, take just a few moments to make our way through the word, uh, that you'll speak to us. Let us be challenged, God, by your word. Lord, let us be changed. That's what we're looking for every week, every day that we come together as followers of Christ. Do that tonight in our presence, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Chapter 6, just a real quick recap. Uh, many of you are familiar with it, Daniel and the lion's den. How many of you are familiar with the story? Raise your hand across the building. You know, you know the story, Daniel and the lion's den. Uh, Daniel, I can tell you that is uh, an individual of great favor, has a position, one of three administrators uh, that has been appointed by King Darius. Uh, he has just uh, he has uh, set himself apart of even the other administrators within the kingdom. Uh, he is living a life uh, almost a a I don't want to say a, a, a well uh, not a sinless life, but a life to where you look at look at him and say, man, if you if you're hiring if you're looking to hire an employee, this would be the ideal employee to hire. If, if you were looking for just a neighbor that you could say, man, who is that perfect neighbor that, that absolutely is there to show great care and uh, whatever the case might be, that is, that is Daniel. Daniel, when we talk about politicians, uh, if there is a politician that you could point to and say, man, that is, the, that is, the, that is a God-honoring politician, that would be, that would be Daniel. Any, any representative, governor, whatever, uh, you could say, man, if I'm looking for someone that really just does love life, the way that life should be done, that is, is Daniel. And Daniel is, is making his way through, and he's late, late in life, probably mid to late 80s, right around 90. And word has crept out that he is about to be appointed as really the right-hand person of King Darius. 
And then you guys know the story. What happens? All of those that are under him begin to become jealous and they become envious and they begin to plot against Daniel and looking for an opportunity to tear him down. But, uh, but they know Daniel to be a righteous individual. They know Daniel to be a person that is God-honoring, and they can't come up with anything that would tear him down. There's no, nothing in the closet to say where they pull the door open and there's skeletons there. There's, Daniel is just clean as a whistle. But they come up with the idea that say, hey, if we're going to get after Daniel, there's one thing that we can do. We can get in there and kind of poke at his, at his faith, his obedience to God. Let's see if we can just kind of rattle him a little bit and, and challenge him. And, and matter of fact, we'll get the group together and we'll go to the king and, and see if we can come up with a, a document, a decree that will really kind of clamp things down on Daniel legally and bind the king to make sure that he, he sends Daniel to the line den and we'll be done with Daniel. It'll be our opportunity to really kind of shine and step forward once we get rid of, of Daniel. And so they did that. And of course, uh, they it really, for the lack of a better word, bamboozled the king and really got him to sign off. And, and then of course, you know, how many of you know that you always, always will face opposition in life? You don't have to go and look for it. How many of you know that sometimes it just shows up on your doorstep? You know what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't know, in the workplace, in your neighborhood, wherever yet, there's opposition waiting uh, for you. And that's what Daniel faced. Here he is, a man that is desiring to live his life, a life of obe obedience before God. And there are those that have, have come together to pull him down, to really kind of just rattle his cage and Daniel gives us a great example when we talk about taking a knee, a great example of what we should embrace, a best practice, a behavior that we can incorporate, that we can hold on to and say that even in the face of opposition, our response is to take a knee. Our response is to draw close to the Father for a deep desire to deepen our relationship with him. In verse, in verse 10, if I can kind of launch from there and talking about that there will always be opposition when you serve God. It says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. Opposition. Opposition will always be there. Opposition found Daniel. But Daniel gave us the perfect response. The question is, is what will we do whenever the, 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 the fist of opposition has a chokehold on us, how will we respond? Will we, will we be able to have the courage that Daniel exemplifies for us in this passage tonight? Will we be able to say, man, I will, though opposition is coming towards me, my first response will be to do what? To find a place, an upper room, and to be able to kneel down in the presence of God and to begin to thank him even through my difficult days, Daniel gives us this a great example. Even at the age of 90 years old, here's the reality that Daniel had nailed it down 
once and for all, he had nailed it down that he had control of nothing. He was able to enter into the presence of God and say, God, I'll continue to honor you. I'll continue to exalt you. I'll continue to worship you. God, thank you for this day. God, even though there are enemies that surround me, God, I thank you for an opportunity to serve in this kingdom. I desire to worship you. I have no control of the outcome. I have no control of uh, the, the results or the circumstances. All I simply want to do is honor you. And so I bow down in your presence. You think about his commitment, and we point to the three, day, or three times a day where he would then enter into the upper room. And, and he was known. He was known for that as, as Darius is approaching him and said, Man, hey, I know there are those that are wanting to throw you into the lion's den, but may your God who you, can, who you serve continually rescue you. What do we do three times a day? Is there anything that we can point to that we do with consistency? Each and every day. How many of you are people, by raising your hand, how many of you are people of routine? I mean, you've got a routine and you just stick with it each and every day. It's just the same thing that you capture each and every day. I can tell you that for 26 years that Kelly and I have been married, I, I, I eat three meals every day. Three meals every day. Three things that I do every day. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. And I can tell you, I can tell you that she's never, in 26 years, she's never had to call me one time. She's never had to call me one time and say, hey, honey, don't forget now, lunch today, I want you to make sure that you have your meal. I've never gotten that call. I've never had it. Wally, even at dinner, man, I've never had that call. Never, never had to. Now, I don't even know that they've had to ring the dinner bell for me to make my way to the table. I just have that sense to be able to find the table and the goodness that is there. There's something that's just, just within, within us, humanly speaking, that sometimes we just don't have to be told to do certain things. We don't have to be reminded to do certain things. Uh, over the weekend, Colby and I were out in the yard, and, uh, and, uh, and I was preparing. I just needed to spend some time out there to clean it up, and and, uh, of course, I'm going uh, to yell back to Kelly, Kelly, I'm going out into the yard, going to work. And Colby was home uh, at the house with us uh, this weekend, and, and he heard me, and he said, Paul, Paul, I'm coming, I'm coming. He's three years old, and, and uh, of course, I'm thinking, okay, I'm not, I'm going to, it's nothing intense. Okay, buddy, come on, come with me, come with Paul, Paul. Put your shoes on now, okay, all right, all right. And so we're, we're making our way, and I'm out there, and I'm just kind of spraying some uh, some weeds and Roundup, and that's that's all I'm doing. Nothing uh, really too uh, strenuous. And and, uh, and Colby's walking uh, walking along with me. How many of you know it's just hot this summer? I mean, it is just hot. And so we're we're not even not even probably ten steps. And I'm talking about man, we're just covered uh, just in 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 sweat. And Colby's just tracking right along with me, and, and uh, he's, he's, he's having his own conversation. We're talking, and I'm spraying, and Colby, don't get in it. Don't know. Get, get away. Come on. Come, let's go, Colby. Come on. We keep making our way through the yard. And so we walk down uh, the side, then across the back, and we're making our way. And uh, we finally get up on the back side, coming up on the other side, and uh, almost done. And then uh, I'm really just kind of doing my thing, but yet keeping an eye on him too and just making our way through. And he's, Paul, 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 I'm hot. Paul, Paul, I'm hot. And, uh, and of course, I said, you are. And, and as he's saying, his little 18-inch legs, it, he's walking his body over to the uh, landscaping stone. 
And he's, he's finding his way to be able to sit down. He said, Papa, I'm hot. I'm hot. And I look over at his little white cheeks, his fair complexion, blonde hair, blue-eyed boy, man, just beat red. And he's, he's going, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? He knows that it's hot. He knows that, man, he can take a time out. I'm not having to tell him to do any. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not telling Colby, go and sit down, rest, son. You know, we're, we're, gonna, we're almost done. He just, Papa, I'm hot. He makes his way over, and he just uh, sits down and finds his seat. And, and of course, I'm going, come on, man, we're, we're, almost, we're almost done. You, you're done, Colby. You want to go? Oh, no, no, I'm good, Papa. I'm good. Here's another one, Papa, right here, Papa. He's, he's just tracking right along with me. It's interesting that even at three years of age, he, he has the ability to really process things and to know that it's hot and that rest comes to him. He needs to sit down. I, I believe that there's behaviors, things that can happen within us because we are spirit-led that when we begin to embrace those behaviors, those activities, that it almost just becomes, it becomes a second nature to us that we don't have to be told, we don't have to be reminded to get into God's Word, we don't have to be told to, uh, to get into prayer. The same is transpiring with Daniel. He's facing opposition. This is not the first rodeo, if you will, for Daniel. This is not the first opposition for Daniel. Ninety years of age, age he has seen opposition. He has seen uh, dark hours, and he just automatically, when they come against him, the opposition, he does what the spirit that is within him tells him to do, and he calls on the name of God. That is something that we can embrace. When we talk about best behaviors, we can say, God, man, it's, it's hot out here right now. I know that opposition is all around me, but God, I know that you're with me and that you're for me, and let me enter in and begin to exalt you and to begin to worship you. Charles Spurgeon states in, in, in a matter of true prayer, he says, he says, true prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It is, it is far deeper than that. It is a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. I love that last part of his statement that, that prayer, what is it? It's a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and of earth. I love how that same theme is carried, that same command is carried into the New Testament when the disciples ask then how should we pray? And we talk about a spiritual transaction and Jesus responds, this is the way that you should pray. Pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. See in the authority, the might of our heavenly Father. That's the way that you and I can also pray and know that it is a spiritual transaction that is taking place between you and the Creator, you and your heavenly Father, you and the miracle giver to say, I have that relationship with God. And Daniel experienced that same presence, that same nudging within his own spirit to say, opposition, darkness is around me. I, I don't care even if I'm on the mountaintop. It's a part of my life. It's who I am. I will go into prayer regardless of the circumstance. 
What is our reaction when we're faced with opposition or those who are are out uh, against us to take us down? Do we uh, look for revenge? Do we run for cover? Do we worry? Those are all emotions, things that we face, things that we go through, that we process through. We have not arrived. We're there. But let it be said of us to say, man, that is a person, man of great faith. Whenever difficulties come their way, I often see them, and they, they first say, man, let's, let's pray. I, I can tell you that uh, Chloe, uh, Chloe, our youngest baby, and just coaching her and bringing her along, uh, Grant's doing well. He's 23, Taylor's 24, and then the baby. Chloe's 14, and, uh, and uh, she owns the place, man. She will just flat out tell you. And she, we were at the t- dinner table and uh, just having an exchange the the other day and um and uh she she sits down and and says dad i know what i want to do i absolutely i know what i want to do and i said well great and i said well tell me she goes well i already did and she goes i said well you did you already told me what you want to do with with your life and what's going on and she just looks at me and and uh and i just i see her and i see my wife's face, lovely face in her. She's having this conversation back and forth with me and just very direct and saying, well, Dad, I did, I told you, and you just, you're not doing that. I said, I said that? And she goes, yes, you did. You did say that. I, I don't know, man. It's amazing how even at that age, a female can remember exactly what you said maybe five or six or seven years ago. I said, I said that. She goes, yes, you did. I said, well, well what is it? What do you want to do? Tell, remind me. I need to be reminded. And tell me. She goes, well, Dad, you know, I want to you know, do real estate. I'm going into real estate. I'm getting my license. And you told me that I'm going to college. And da, da, da. I said, well, and, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you kind of learn as a parent. I've got two older kids. And, and uh, you know, how many of you know that you just kind of, Learn to be a better parent along the way in the way that you respond as you kind of make your way. And, and so I'm like, okay, she's already reminded me that I did. No, you're not, you know, kind of thing. I'm like, how can I respond differently to her? And I, I looked and said, man, this is a great moment, a teaching moment for us here. I said, you know, um, I said, Chloe, let's do this. I said, I believe that you know that we're a family of prayer, right? Yeah. I said, so let's do this. Let's just... Man, let's pray and ask God for direction. And when he speaks to you and he speaks to me, that we'll just, we'll accept that, okay? How about that? I, you know, we're four years, five years out from now. Things change. But, you know, if you believe, if you pray, uh, when you turn 18, 19, 20, wherever you're at, and you say, man, this is what I believe that God has directed me, then I'm telling you that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at you and I'm going to say, if you believe that God is directing you to do that, then, man, you go for it. You know what I'm doing there? I'm teaching her the power of prayer. I'm teaching her that, man, our first response is to pray. I don't know what the outcome will be or the results will be four years from now, three months from now, three weeks from now, three days from now, but there is a behavior, there is a best practice that can be taught, even in the home that we can say, hey, the first thing that we do whether we're on the mountaintop or we're facing opposition, is that we pray. Daniel could have taken the position at this, at this stage in his life 
when you look back even at chapter 5 and all of the greatness and the things that has transpired and how God is using Daniel during this season, man, you could say, man, Daniel could have said, look, the decree was for 30 days. God, surely you'll understand if I just simply step away for 30 days and I just, I'm just silent. You know that I love you. I've communicated that faithfully. Uh, I'm just going to, for 30 days, I'm, I'm preserving my own life. I'm preserving the kingdom. I know that I'm about to be appointed as the lead administrator. Surely, God, you will, you will understand. Have you have you ever been there? Can you identify? God, I, surely, man, surely, God, but that's not Daniel's position. That's not Daniel's approach because Daniel is a seasoned follower of God. And in this room tonight is a group of individuals that would be considered as seasoned individuals that look to honor God. He knew that if he, if he deviated from his routine, if he deviated from a life of prayer, even in this most difficult time, whenever he knows that prayer is the answer, if he deviated from that, that everything would be lost. Everything would be lost. I think in the New Testament in Philippians, uh, Paul illustrates this beautifully when we talk about in our desire to deepen our relationship with God. Whenever we say, you know what, everything else pales into compare, in comparison to our desire to really deepen our relationship with him. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul is writing and he says, what, what, whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ." What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them what? Rubbish that I may gain Christ. Paul saying, hey, legalism is not the answer. It's not the number of boxes that can be checked. My desire deep within me is to have a deep relationship with my Lord and Savior. Daniel's response whenever he finds a knee, when he he takes a knee as he's saying, man, I don't care what's going on around me. I know that it's a dark moment. I've experienced dark days, but I've also experienced mountaintop experiences, but I'm just drawing close to God right now. That's what I know to do. That's the best behavior that I've incorporated. I believe that that's a way for me to show my love to God. When we face opposition, may our desire to live in obedience, be so overwhelming that our natural response is to take a knee, take a time out, and to enter into prayer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is, is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Matter of fact, I think it's on the screen. Can we, can we read that together tonight? I'd love to hear you guys participate with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The power of prayer. Best practices. Behaviors that have changed mankind. Humanity. Number two, God's protection is sufficient. We know that, man, opposition will always be there. 
And, but we know that when we face our face with opposition, our first result should be, uh, response should be to take a knee. But we know that, man, God's protection is sufficient for us. We are not promised to be exempt from danger. But I can tell you that we are promised that there is one that will walk with us in the midst of danger. Amen? We're not promised that we're ever going to be exempt from danger. But we are promised that there is one that will walk with us in the midst of danger. And that's where Daniel is at in this moment, knowing that he has been cast into the den of lions. Lions that should just naturally, man-eating, deep growls, man, whenever he's thrown in, should, should have just devoured him in a moment's notice. But he enters in, and, and, and here's, here's the reality that the king and those that threw him in and rolled the stone, and all, everyone that signed off on it, you can read the passage yourself and, and see where even the king's ring was, was, is, is there, his signet ring marked. said, man, this is, this is an act by the king and everyone else that signed off on it, he's thrown in it. But they knew that Daniel was innocent, knew that he was a righteous man, but still went forward and threw him in. The king, the king tried to rescue him, but knew that his hands were tied Hands tied and he had a sleepless night, said that he went without the entertainment for that evening, could not sleep, but just waited, 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 thinking, man, here it is, man, I've got the blood of Daniel on my hands. I know that he is a good person. He is one that has, has been able to stand with me, has done great things for this, for this kingdom. And man, and I've put him into the lion's den. At the break of dawn, man, what does, what does uh, Darius do? Darius takes off. And you got to understand that whenever the king travels, he doesn't travel alone, but everyone else comes with the king. All the guardsmen, everyone else, they're tracking, they're making their way. And they come, and, and of course, as they're approaching, approaching the den, Darius calls out, Oh, Daniel, Daniel, may the God that you serve continually, did he, did he rescue you, Daniel? And the stone is there, and, and I, I don't know how quick the response came, but I can tell you that the response did come, and Daniel responds in verse 21 and verse 22. Daniel answered, and he answered, O king, live forever. That's, that's, another, that's another best practice that we can embrace. Here, here's the reality. A man that threw him into the, into the depths of this den, and his response back is, O king, live forever. I can tell you that that's probably not the response that I'm calling out. I can't wait to get my hands on you that just threw me in here, but still, the, hum, the humility of Daniel respecting the person that still is in authority, and he calls out, old king, live forever, and then I love this, God's protection is sufficient, and his response is, he says, listen, for my God sent his angel. 
Enough said, for my God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. Why was Daniel protected? Why did, why did the lions not devour him, tear him apart? I can tell you the reason why is because Daniel trusted in God. I can tell you that if the behavior was prayer on the outside of the den, uh, that prayer was the same behavior that was taking place on inside the den. There were lions ready to devour him on the outside of the den, and there were lions ready to devour him on the inside of the den, and he did not waver in his response. Even in the depths of that den, he found time to pray because that's who Daniel was a man of prayer. Daniel's statement, my God, my God. I can tell you that um, when we utter the words, my God, what we're doing is we're speaking to the authority of who he is. My God, there is authority that comes with knowing who our God is. He is the all-powerful. That's our God. My God. My God sent his angel. My God shut the mouths of the lion. I'm standing here and I'm not hurt. There's not a mark on my body. Um, years ago, you guys have heard the uh, story on Taylor, our daughter. Um, when she was two years old, two years old, taken uh, into the hospital. Some of you are in the room and experienced that with us. Taken into the um, hospital, E. coli, I believe, developed into uh, HUS, I believe it was called, and uh, just known to be a deadly um, disease, virus that the body begins to shut down. And um, and she and, and and I was out of the out of the state actually on my way to attend a Florida State Florida Gator game up in New Orleans, and I got the call, hey, get home, fly home now, and expecting her to be home. She was supposed to go home, but uh, everything turned upside down. I mean, just went from here to here in a matter of about eight hours. And uh, we're now transferring her from Lakeland uh, Regional Hospital to All Children's Hospital. That's where you'll fly in, get there. And uh and so I did that. Everybody was, uh, was there and uh, walked into the emergency room. And the emergency room was just packed, uh, packed with uh, uh, church members. Some of you uh, in this room, you were there. And uh, just knew the, uh, uh, man, just how dire the situation was. And I, I'm walking in. The last time I saw her, she was, she was really just kind of pushing her uh, thing through the room, her, all of her uh, vital stuff. And, um, and, um, so we're praying and, um, said, Hey, we, we've got to have a miracle tonight. We've got to have a miracle, you know, and I'm young, young father. And, um, and, um, I can, I can remember that we, we make our way over to the McDonald's house, uh, praise the Lord for McDonald's house and the work that they do. And said, we're able to secure you a room, and uh, you guys will be right across the street from the hospital so that you're, you're nearby, that if we need to reach out to you, you're, you're there. You can just run back over, and you're here. And um, I can tell you that was, that was uh, 
one of those evenings where you want to talk about that you just kind of kneel down and you begin to call out and you say, my God, my God. And you call on the name of God. And at that moment, we didn't really worry or care about who was in the next room uh, to us and hearing us and crying because I'm sure that there were other rooms where tears had been shed. There was a lot of weeping, knowing that that was a place for family members to stay for their sick kids. But it was one of those moments where we got up the next morning and we walked over and got the report from the doctor that a miracle had taken place. And it was a my God moment to where you could say, my God answered our prayer. My God is the one that worked through the physicians. My God has given the intelligence to that doctor. My God has intervened and showed up in a mighty way. It's my God. Daniel responds back on the other side of that stone and says, it's my God that shut the mouths of the lions. It's my God that is working on my behalf. My God's protection is sufficient for me. That's the God that we serve, not only yesterday, but today and forever. That's the God that we serve. God rescues us. And finally, finishing up here, and I know that uh, Pastor Dave and the team, you guys can go ahead and make your way uh, to the platform. God rescues us. And when God rescues us, he rescues us completely. Amen. God rescues us completely. He does, man. When, when, when we think about just miraculous moments, moments of rescue, even to this day, where there are things that are transpiring that are taking place on the other side of this world, we can turn our TVs on and watch those moments. There were some moments that have taken place in the history of, of our country, and one in particular in 1956. And some of you may remember it in the room whenever there was an Italian luxury liner cruising off the coast of America near Nantucket. And plowed into the side of that ship was the MS Stockholm said that the, 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 the collision was so catastrophic that it, was, that it was on the level of titanic proportions. That nearly 1,200 people, 600 crew members on this ship, and the Stockholm plows into the, the uh, Adoria and rips a hole there, filling it with 500 tons of, of seawater. And the ship begins to list to one side as the reports uh, have been written. Uh, the rescue boats are nowhere to be able to reach up and gather and pull down on the starboard side. Others begin to respond, even the Stockholm. The Stockholm was just crushed on its nose of the vessel, but yet able to help. Other ships in the area began to respond, and they were able to, to, to be able to rescue over 1,600 individuals out of the water with 46 lives being lost 46 lives still lost in Daniel's situation when God rescued him he rescued Daniel completely 
The king was overjoyed in verse 23 and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Daniel was not rescued because of a heroic effort by a king. Daniel was not rescued because of some great strategy put together by the military Daniel was not rescued because the king stepped forward and said, enough is enough, we, we will go and rescue him. Daniel was rescued because of his obedience to God. Daniel was rescued because he found favor in God's sight. Daniel was rescued because he embraced a behavior of simply getting on his knees every day. It wasn't about the three times or opening the windows. It was about his obedience within to say, I will honor God. I will obey God, and my God is faithful to rescue me. Tonight, I can tell you, man, there's miracles. There are miracles still waiting for us. There are still miracles waiting for the people of Victory Church. There are still, still miracles waiting for the followers of Jesus Christ. I believe that those miracles are ready to be released. God is looking for a people that are faithful and honoring and waiting. Say, man, I've got so much in store for you. I want you to fall in love with me in a deep and genuine way. I've got good things for you. Psalm chapter, Psalm chapter 1. If you have your Bible, turn with me quickly. Psalm chapter 1. You probably can beat me. Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. On his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff, that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I can tell you, there are miracles in the house ready for those that draw near. They say, man, I'm in the presence of God those best behaviors of, of taking a knee, of kneeling down and praying and getting to, to God's word to say, I don't need to be reminded. I don't need to be told to do this. It's just something that's deep within me. Just as Paul is writing, saying, man, I have a hunger no longer to check boxes, but really I've experienced what it means to know Christ, my Lord and Savior. I want to know him in an intimate way. Will you stand with me tonight? You may be in the, in the house tonight and you say, man, I, 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 I've never, ever had the, the, the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. Hey, there's no, there's no greater miracle known to anyone in this room than the miracle of someone coming to faith and calling Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. 
That miracle can happen tonight where their life is pulled from the depths of hell and say, man, your name now is written in the Lamb's book of life. You'll have everlasting life in him. That could be someone in the room tonight. That's a miracle. I hope you're praying and anticipating that someone will come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's why we, that's why we gather on Wednesdays and Sundays to be able to come corporately, worship, but then to give an invitation to someone to say, yes, I'll worship Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I acknowledge him as the Son of God. That could be your prayer tonight. You may say, you know what, Tim, I need to really nail it down once and for all, man. Just know that, man, my desire is to honor God, to obey Him. But, man, I've, I have really just been struggling in that area. I want to nail it down once and all. I'm a seasoned believer, and I know that I need to embrace some best behaviors. Let it begin tonight. Let me, let me start new. How many of you are grateful that God is, is a God of fresh starts? Amen? God is a God of, that forgives us and allows us to start again. So as Pastor Dave is, leads us in this worship, if you're, if you're looking to, man, start a relationship with Christ, come forward. If you're wanting to rededicate your life, come in agreement and pray with us. If you're saying, man, I just need some encouragement in my spirit tonight. I need someone to pray with me. Man, I am facing some opposition right now, and I just need some encouragement from another brother or sister in Christ. Come now. Let's do that right now as Pastor Dave leads us in this song.